Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, or as some like to say, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and yes, now the brand new Google Podcasts app, and also Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. Joining me today here on location in Nashville at the 2018 Summer NAM Show, my guests are a Americana slash rock duo. They're performing here at NAM and did so as well earlier this year in Anaheim at Winter NAM. We will be talking to them about new music that they're working on towards a album to be released in 2019. One Country included them among top 11 artists to watch in 2017. I've been hearing a song of theirs entitled Don't Belong. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Magnolia Wind, Chris and Kristen Butler. Hi. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Before we get into all things Magnolia Wind, tell the listeners about that song of yours that we were just playing called Don't Belong. Yeah, uh, Don't Belong is, um, I would say, probably one of those songs that started us down the path of rock and kind of was a changing point for us. Uh, Don't Belong is um, kind of about what the title is. You know, we feel like sometimes we're kind of out of the box. And uh, we wanted to write a song about that, and hopefully people who feel like they're out of the box, too, can relate. Yeah, and it's just a fun little rock tune. So, let's before we get too far into things, let's set the record straight here. You released an EP in 2016. We did, yeah. We did a, a five-song EP, which was called Take One. Um, and that was just kind of like a, you know, an introduction to what Magnolia Wind was. Um, we both had our own separate music careers up to that point. Um, Kristen was a, a writer and an artist, and um, I had kind of just been doing the hired gun Nashville guitar player thing uh, for a lot of uh, other people and uh, doing some session work and stuff. And we both just kind of hit that point in our career where we were like, let's just kind of make music together. And that's what Take One was, was kind of like our introduction. You know how like you have in production, you have Take One, Take Two, Take Three, so that was kind of our take one was what we named the Okay, EP. but then what is the timeline as far as, I don't want to say when you became a band, but you know when did you become a couple and or uh, get married, start the band, et cetera? Yeah, I think we, it was about a year after we got married. Um, about a year after we got married, we decided to kind of form Magnolia Wind and, and do what we're doing now. I think kind of what happens when you're uh, both musical and a couple, your separate projects start pulling you in different directions, and you realize that you really just want to do it together. Yeah, we kind of hit that point where we're like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Okay, so then, given what you just said, Chris, about the EP, Mm -hmm. there is a song out there called Love and Lightning. It was awarded the 2016 Best Original Song by the Mississippi Music Foundation, and Listeners Artist of the Year by Mississippi Music Foundation awarded to Magnolia Wind in 2016 also. 
but I'm focusing on Love and Lightning because mm-hmm. that wasn't on the EP. So help me understand the EP versus just that song because the EP came out in 2016, and that's also the same year yeah. that yeah. Love and Lightning won Best Original Song. So what am I missing? So that's where it was a part of a transition. So Love and Lightning was part of me being a solo artist, in which Chris had a huge hand in doing. And so that was that point where it was like, okay, well, we have me as a solo career and Chris is always playing guitar with me and he's also doing other things that's pulling him around the country. We realized that with that recognition of that song that we had something special brewing. And then, you know, we just took a chance on ourselves and then we started Magnolia Wind and then that's when we decided to officially release the EP and show the world this is something we're starting and we're really excited about it. Yeah, and everything just kind of evolved from there musically. Uh, kind of getting more out of the the country genre and leaning more towards the Americana and, and now uh, into rock, kind of where we're at now. So was Love and Lightning released as a Magnolia Wind song or was that released as a solo Kristen song? Yeah, that was actually a solo Kristen song. Uh, okay. We'd like to include it in our bio and all that stuff a little bit just because it is... It was kind of like the first beginning of us, and it was like a transitional piece into Magnolia Wind. Your maiden name is Brassel, if I'm saying it. Brazel, yeah. Brazel. It might be a little. I'm I'm country <laughs> <laughs> from the south, and so um, people back home just call it Brazel. Okay, but I always like to say that there are people who will listen to this episode because they are fans, friends, family members, followers of Magnolia Wind, but they're also people who listen to this show every week that I am ever so grateful for and uh, 134 countries around the world so they're just being introduced to Magnolia Wind for the first time so if they go and look for Kristen Brazel will they find other releases that you put out besides that song like CDs or EPs? I think it is all pulled down Uh, Uh, There might be a few things still out there Yeah, I believe it's all pulled down though Yeah and uh, Chris, in your own right, you have performed with and for artists such as, I'm just going to say the first one, Lee Bryce, because how cool is that? I mean, the <laughs> list goes on. But, you know, as, as you started to say, the two of you did have your own solo careers and, yeah. and obviously uh, very successful as, as a hired gun that you got to play with, with him and so many others. Yeah. You know, I've shared the stage with a lot of different people over the years. And like Kristen was saying, we, we, were, we were gone away so much from each other that we were just kind of like, let's kind of start doing stuff together. Um, so I started playing guitar for her as her solo, as a solo artist, and um, then we were just kind of started doing that more. And um, I, I guess I probably like started having a little bit more foot forward in her solo career. And we were like, let's just kind of reform this and uh, just kind of do this as a, a band together yeah. and kind of go a different direction. So I like when every so often on this show there will come an opportunity to talk about spouses performing together or boyfriend and girlfriend performing together because the initial thought is oh my gosh that's so cute wouldn't that be great and then i try to get those few guests who we get that opportunity now and then to talk about it with to say about the times when maybe it isn't that great or you know how do you resolve if you're having conflict off the stage that you have to let that go because now you're on stage and people will see that in your case had the two of you been together for a while before you got married that all of a sudden you were starting to see like he is gone all the time and I never see you know just talk about some of that kind of stuff yeah I think we both 
well, we met here in Nashville, um, and we both had music careers at that point and everything, and we kind of had that conversation at the point where we were just, like, dating and not even engaged or married or anything about do we want to introduce music into this relationship because it's a big thing, you know, yeah, of really mixing is. business in with a personal life. Um, and we had that conversation early, early on. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yeah, you know, it, I think it's okay. Yeah. Um, and, and it did, and it worked out. And but I, I we, wonder, how could you not? How could you not introduce music into know, the relationship? Yeah. Because, it, because it's kind of like saying... Yeah. You know, and I always get I always get bothered by it. you meet someone and it's thirty seconds into the conversation and they always the, one of the first questions people ask you is so what do you do yeah, yeah. It's like, well, who cares <laughs> but I mean this is what you do and so I'm not sure that you could not yeah no it's something where we were both independently so passionate about and you're right it just spills into everyday conversation you know if Chris is in um, well actually one of the first songs we wrote together was a guitar exercise that Chris was playing in the bedroom and I like you know I like opened the door and peeked my head and I was like is that a song <laughs> he's like no this is just exercise I do exercise I do and I was like oh, okay well hold that I'm gonna go in this corner and write a little jingle jangle and I mean, yeah. that was the and, very and first we, song. We, yeah, and then we kind of molded it from there and then just wrote an entire song out of, like, just a finger exercise that I was doing that was somewhat melodic. and That was just, up in the clouds, right? Yeah, and that's that's off of Take One. Yeah. Yeah, the f- first EP that we did. Um, so, yeah, just like it's kind of hard to not have that spill over into, you know, your just everyday lives. And we were, we yeah, like I said, we had that conversation, and we were like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. And, so I started playing guitar for her. We started writing songs together. And um, yeah. I, for me, I think that was the like when we started writing songs together. And I think that was when I realized like we're more than just like songwriters. Like we are a band and we're an artist like as a duo. Yeah. I think when when Ghost kind of hit, um, Ghost is also on the EP. And when I was trying to write that by myself, it was actually wasn't it a major. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it very majory? Yeah. And I knew the point I wanted to get across, but I just could not figure it out. And Chris has this wonderful ear for like chordal structure, and it's just something I wasn't blessed with, but he is. And so, you know, I give him, and for that song, I gave him like an idea and like a feeling and like a little bit of a melody and a little bit of the words. And I was like, can you just like fix it? And so, of course, you know, he takes it to his corner, and he fixes it. And Turned now, it into minor chords? Yeah. That, yeah. 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 We took it to a minor, and it gave it a little bit more emotion and stuff. And yeah. yeah it's just, and that, that's kind of how we work together. We, we take things that we both have and kind of bring them together, and that's what, that's what Magnolia Wind is. Yeah. I have follow-up questions that are in no way related, which is really <laughs> scary because I don't know how I'm going to weave all these together. But I'm thinking back to the fact that I talked about the Mississippi Music Foundation awarding you 2016 Artist of the Year as well as Best Original Song for Love and Lightning. And it's all of a sudden dawning on me that I'm thinking, wait a minute, that doesn't add up because they're from Nashville, they live in Memphis, yet this was Mississippi. So well, what Kristen's am I missing actually out on? from Mississippi. Yeah. She's born and raised in Mississippi. That was like such a like surprise um because i am from mississippi so like you said like you know we were just we we're bebopping in nashville and then that came along and it was it was a really big honor but how did it just come along you didn't submit for anything uh people in mississippi submitted me and mm. it was a voting uh like a uh, like a public voting period and then that's how that word came oh okay okay well getting back to the the couple 
topic. Back on episode 140 of the show, Shane and Emily were the guests. They are now known as Arbor Season, but go back and listen to episode 140, listeners. They got married. They pretty much don't have a physical address. They just kind of have this RV that they tour the country in. And the two of you, I believe, uh, I'm, I'm saying that, that you live, I, d- I just finished making the point about Mississippi, and yet I say you live in Memphis, but as I understand it, you basically live on the road, yes? Yeah, it's funny that you yeah. mentioned that because <laughs> we, we actually live and tour out of an RV now. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> so a new it's, development, but it's something that is m- very practical. Yeah. You know, it makes sense why that other musical couple did it and why we're doing it too. Yeah, because we stay on the road so much, it, it just kind of makes sense to stay out in spe- specific areas for a long period of time and kind of just tour out of there. And Yeah, it, it works. Do you actually have a place in Memphis? In Nashville, or is it we gave it up and, and this is our home now, that RV is our home? No, we do have a home location, yeah. but yeah, we do. we're in the RV a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. But does it put any pressure on you to say, okay, now we bought an RV, we got to make a lot of use out of it, and I don't mean to go sightseeing, like we really have to book more shows out? Well, I think that we that's kind of always our mindset, is like we always need to be on the road, we always need to be touring when we're not preparing for albums and things. Um I think the RV just gives us an opportunity to stay in places longer and create in relationships with our audience. So, for example, if we were to tour, like, the West Coast, well, if we had a stationary house, we would have to go out there, drive out there, fly, do our tour, and come back. Well, now with an RV, we can stay, you know, at a campground or a site or maybe with someone we know and stay there for two or three months and then continue to tour that area for a, a specific amount of time. Do you, do you pull a car behind you? Yeah, we do. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. you can't be bopped through yeah, the city and an drive an RV everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How has the adjustment period been? Getting used to like this is what we're doing now. We're we're going to go like you said, Kristen. You know, we're going to go on the road for three months and and live in this RV. I mean, had the two of you ever had any experience in an RV period in your life? Um, I, I mean, I've toured out of a bus and stuff before, so it's it's very similar like that for me. Um, I would say transition wise, I mean, it's I don't know. I don't think there really was much of a transition. It's just kind of like we're we're used to just being gone all the time and everything anyway. So. Uh, it was just kind of like having a little home while we're gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think like the backstory is also we have before the RV. So we have a um, Dodge Caravan. Is that yeah. it is? We have a Dodge Caravan. And so we have foam mattresses and we were sleeping in the van while touring. So, I mean, an RV is such an upgrade that <laughs> yeah. like, it, like, I guess like from a house to an RV, that seems like a small space, but from a van to an RV is like a palace. Yeah. <laughs> so you're living in a van for like weeks on time. Yeah. The RV is, is nice. <laughs> I do want to make sure that I thank Tascam for my ability to be here at the 2018 summer NAM show here at the music city center in Nashville. And thank them, of course, always for the great equipment that I have of theirs that I'm able to use to record now here this entertainment every week, whether it's out on location or back at home base in Tampa. And I encourage you listeners, whatever you're doing music-wise, there's a solution from Tascam to check into, whether you're just recording demos, if you're recording singles that you're trying to put out, EPs, a full-length album, if you have any influence at the studio, just start at Tascam.com and look at all that they have. If you even want to record your live show and maybe release that as an album, if you're kind of hurting for where you are in terms of it's been a while since you released something, but you're not ready to put out something new, 
maybe consider recording a live show or two or three, pulling the best from that, and release a live CD, a live EP, a live whatever it is. And Tascam has solutions for those. So go to TASCAM.com, check out all the gear from Tascam and the different recording solutions that they have. So while we're talking about recording, I love that the two of you play every instrument that you Mm -hmm. hear on your songs. There's no tracks. There's no loops. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we just wanted like that full, natural, organic experience that you would get. You know, like we we play what you hear was what what you're going to get kind of thing. Um, And our sound has developed and changed over the last few years, too. Uh, We had the first EP and then we did a live EP that we did in a studio here in Nashville. Uh, we we had three songs on it, just kind of something uh, that we went in and we, we shot some videos for, and we just released it on iTunes and Spotify and pretty much everywhere online that you can get it. Uh, we did that live EP, and um, and then coming up, we're gonna have a, a full album uh, that is to be determined for a release date for next year. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be just the two of us. Um, that's kind of how we do everything, and we just we really feed off of each other musically when we can just be the two of us. Um, yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. And also um, talking about instruments and our setup, uh, Chris actually learned to play the foot farmer foot drums, and mm-hmm. I had to pick up bass to give us that sound. Um, oh. When we first started with Magnolia Wind, it was just a kick drum, and that was Chris. And then I had a tambourine on my foot. And in the very beginning, I was just playing a, a, a guitar, acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. And um, we realized as we were writing more songs, we were leaning more toward rock. But the instruments and the arrangement that we had just wasn't leading toward that sound. And so that's why we incorporated the farmer foot drum and me picking up bass. Yeah, and that kind of gives us the sound now, which we'll have a video coming out uh, probably actually by the time that this is released. Uh, that will kind of showcase those things. And for the people that are here at NAMM, uh, got to see us yesterday. Uh, we kind of, the best way to describe it is we're like a two-person trio. <laughs> That's really what it is. We've got like a full drum kit sound with us, and she's playing bass, and I'm on guitar and everything. And, um, yeah, it just really fills everything out. And, you know, we're, we're very thankful for all the companies that are here that we get to work with and, uh, you know, help us do what we're, what we're doing. And for those who are new to Magnolia Wind, Kristen handles lead vocals. Chris, I do want to follow up back with you, though, on mm-hmm. this idea of everything that you hear is what we're playing. Was that very different from you as a hired gun coming from these experiences, being around people who are doing full productions where there's all yeah. kinds of tricks being used in the studio? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did a lot of session work. And, you know, you're laying down, you know, four or five different guitar parts and kind of layering things. And then even with the live shows you know a lot of people are just using uh tracks and stuff now to kind of fill in the gaps of uh, the different instruments that can't be really provided on stage um so yeah it's a little different um coming out of that world into the world that we're in now of kind of giving that that raw experience on stage and not having the the tracks and everything behind us um yeah, it was a little bit of adjustment, but it was something that I was used to before moving to Nashville. Um, I had played in, in rock bands and stuff before moving here, and um, yeah, I, I, I think it's good. You know, I, I enjoy it, and it was a little bit of a transition, but... I think it kind of leads back to, like, we try to be as genuine and as 
upfront, like this is who we are, it's possible. So I, I think with us playing our instruments and you only hearing those instruments, like I think it showcases personally how talented Chris is as far as like an instrumentalist and as a now foot percussionist, you know, it, it even though there's no like, what do you say, like quote unquote tricks, um, I feel like it's a full sound and it's who we are. Yeah. And for us, it's more about the, the actual like emotion and performance aspect of it, you know, trying to connect with the people that we're there with, you know, during a show and everything. Well, yeah, because I was going to say that to be able to, and, and it's really strange. This seems like it's a, a recurring theme lately on, on several episodes of now here, this entertainment where I'm finding myself talking with the guests about, you know, that you really do want to be able to reproduce live what you put out from the studio. And I always cite the example of my all-time favorite band being Rush mm-hmm. and that the guys in Rush were always very careful to say, hold on, guys, we do have a lot of tricks. We do have a yeah. lot of things that we could do in the studio, but we could never play this song live if we go in that direction with it. Right. And so for the two of you, especially because you are only a duo, you could do house concerts, you could do festivals, you could do whatever and that people will still get what's awfully, awfully, awfully close to yeah. what you did in the studio because you're basically bringing those same physical instruments yeah. out on tour with you. You still saying, get that full experience of, of what you're actually hearing, but it's it's there with you. Yeah, Yeah, that's so important for us. It really is. It, I'm so glad you said that. Did there ever come a time where you actually sat down and looked at each other and said, you know, let's just not use any bells and whistles in the studio. Let's just... Everything that's going to go on it, we're going to play it. And, I mean, I imagine it was probably just, like, such synchronicity. It's like, yeah, okay, what's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah. You, you mentioned that because, I mean, we are, it, when it comes to things like that, we're very much, like, on the same level musically. Yeah. And we agree with things. Um, and that, I think That definitely was a conversation that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, before you do your last song when you're performing live, it's always a classy move to thank the people who got you there. Yes, obviously you're going to thank the crowd, but thank the venue possibly even the specific person who booked you there, although I would say just do that if the person is actually there. And then also thank the name of the event and or any sponsor who might have been responsible for the event happening and or you specifically playing there. This is a gesture you really want to get in the habit of doing. Nobody ever minds being thanked, and you'll stand out from the many who unfortunately don't do this or those that used to but have stopped. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. You mentioned that there will be a video that will come out probably around the time that this episode is released. I do want to talk to you about listeners. There was a a video of Magnolia Winds that came out on YouTube that had over 100,000 plays in less than a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was, uh, we did a a fun little cover video of a Paramore song, uh, Misery Business. 
and we kind of did it a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when we were still doing the kick drum tambourine setup uh, before we got the foot drum, and we kind of took our own little spin on it. Um, Kristen has always been a fan of Paramore, and I've, mm-hmm. I've been a fan too uh, over the years, and it was something that she wanted to do and we kind of needed to mold it for us. So yeah. I, I, I took the song and sat down with it and kind of rearranged it, something that would fit for the two of us to do. And then uh, we connected with um, the Hilson studio here in Nashville. Uh, Sean Powers is one of the producers there. And uh, we did the video, and um, that was where the live EP actually came from. Uh, we took the, the audio from when we were recording the video and released the three songs that we did there and we did two videos for that and um yeah that was just a fun song for us and we we didn't really expect it to kind of take off like that or anything um you know Haley um from paramore has such a fantastic voice and is such an energy on stage uh i i'm grateful that chris is able to take something and make it so originally us uh I think that was a lot of the success behind the video was even though it was alluding to Haley Haley's version or Paramore's version of it it still was very much us and um, it was different enough that it would like catch your ear well but you know you can take a song and make it your own and and put a put a Magnolia Wind treatment on it and and once people get there it's a really cool version of the song but no kind of marketing savvy that one of you employed to all of a sudden have it get a hundred thousand and granted I, I know it's just you know hey people search for that song and they find yeah. us but yeah well, no, it was just through it's like number promoting through social media channels and yeah. stuff like that i think we also Haley, our paramore i keep saying Haley. <laughs> like i like i personally know her um paramore uh just started a tour at the same time uh, and okay. they had just started releasing their singles for their newest album and I mean, I would love to say that we planned it and that we are fantastic <laughs> business people. But, you know, sometimes you just get lucky, yeah, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it just works out. Yeah, it just worked out. Paid to boost it on YouTube. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Just <laughs> in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Over 80,000 streams on Spotify. That's nothing to sneeze at either. Yeah, that was the the same EP, the live EP that we did that, that had that song on it. Um and yeah, I think it was just one of those things where people were just going on and searching and it started popping up on a few Spotify playlists. Um, and I think that really helped it get the traction from there. Chris, you mentioned before playing here at NAM, and as I mentioned in the intro, Magnolia Wind played at Winter NAM in January out in Anaheim as well. But you mentioned, you know, obviously the type of people that are around here. There's on your website, it says Friends of Magnolia Wind. There's at least 12 sponsors, Mm -hmm. are they? Yeah, those are all companies that we work with. Is your coming to NAM? I mean, here in Nashville, it's it's right in your backyard, but is it we're only here because we did get the opportunity to perform? Is it we're trying to find even more sponsors? We're just shaking hands and kissing babies with the 12 that we have. Just kind of talk about your your time here and and I guess in, in Anaheim in January as well. Yeah. Um, we were we were fortunate enough to be selected to play uh, for Winter Nam and for Summer Nam now, and uh, yeah, we've just got these companies that we've built relationships with over the years, um, and gotten to really know those people. And it's good to to be here and be able to see them. We don't get to see a lot of these people very often because you know we're in different parts of the of the country, 
Um, and this is a really good time for us to all get together and just kind of hang out and chill, catch up with everybody. Um, and that's kind of what we've been doing uh, while we've been here is going around and seeing everybody that we know. Um, I wouldn't say that we've really been searching around for like new sponsors or anything like that. Um, you know, if anything comes up, you know, we always try to address it and talk to those people and, and work with their artist reps. Um, but yeah, we're, we're very fortunate enough for the people that we uh, get to work with. And, you know, we have them all listed there on our website and we kind of look at all of our sponsors and the companies that we work with as our friends, because, you know, we've, yeah. we've built relationships with these people. We know them on a personal level at this point and it's it's kind of a uh you help me we help you type thing and it's not a a one-sided relationship it's really just about um you know making connections with these people and just you know working together essentially in this industry Kristen, chris said while we're here i know he means at summer nam but i interpreted it when he first said it as while we're here in nashville i mentioned that you were at the Winter NAM show in Anaheim in January. So again, especially for those listeners who are new to Magnolia Wind, where were you already in 2018? Where where have you all been? You have the RV. Where have you been since Anaheim in January in, in Nashville now? And then where will you be the rest of 2018? Yeah, um, so we made a few stops in uh, Denver, Colorado, and um, we did some Texas. And then we actually did a surprise show in, at the Grand Canyon, which wow. was really fun. Um, that's kind of, I guess, the great thing about an RV is that you can do really cool shows like that. And um, for the rest of the year, uh, we have Dallas. Oh, we got to play. In, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm a little flip floppy, but we did get to play in Tupelo, which was really cool because, you know, Elvis. And that was like a homage or homage. What's yeah. the word? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> forgive me, people. Um, yeah, Tupelo, Mississippi was really cool. Um yeah, at Mobile. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, we did a whole, like, West Coast run to kind of get us out there to Winter Nam in Anaheim. Yeah. And we played L.A. while we were out there. And then, uh, yeah, we've been through Texas and Oklahoma um, and, and Colorado. And Grand, just, you know, we're in Florida. unfold a map and just, like, throw a pin in it and we've but been the there. the rest of 2018, are there, quote, unquote, tour dates where the listeners yes, can I'm, look for you? My bad. We're get, I'm sorry. Um <laughs> So we have uh, Dallas, Irving, um, Athens, Georgia, Cincinnati, Grand Rapids, and then one more in Birmingham that hasn't been announced but will be. <laughs> yeah. When you mentioned the uh, the surprise concert in the Grand Canyon, if mm-hmm. I'm calling it the right thing, mm-hmm. I want you to talk a little bit more about that because what I don't want to have happen is a listener who is an up-and-coming performer say, oh, I heard this interview and now I hear this entertainment where one half of Magnolia Wind said if you just show up, they'll let you do a concert there. <laughs> oh. um, and be- because I'm, because I'm, I, I want to hear how exactly you did it. Are there permissions? Is it, it was a formal booking? I mean, where in the Grand Canyon were you? No, it was no. very informal. Um, yeah. We just kind of parked on the side of the road, uh, like at one of the stops that was up there and it was just the two of us with an acoustic guitar, and we just yeah. played a few songs. And as people kind of went by, then that, that you know they got to hear things. But it was a very informal thing, um, and we actually did a, a quick little video uh, from one of our songs, and we put it up on YouTube. It's kind of um, like campfire style. Yeah, yeah. We just we were only there for maybe like 15, 20 minutes, yeah. and we were we were kind of gone. We we actually wanted to go sightsee the Grand Canyon. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was also snowing in the Grand Canyon, and it, like it just didn't occur to us that oh, like oh, we're on a mountain. It's in high elevation yeah, in like January. Like yeah, it's gonna be snowing. So we were very cold. 
But um, it's really important for us when we're on tour to take those little side shows like that and just kind of connect with people on a one-to-one basis. Yeah, and we did, we announced on social media and stuff that we were going to be in the Grand Canyon yeah. and stuff like that. But as far as like an official booking or anything like that that we did, as far as permissions or rights or anything, no, we just kind of popped up. And, and, it, it. and it, what, the, uh, the the posting on social media that wasn't working a live stream. It's just kind of like letting your fans know. Like, yeah, we were just like cool. we're here, and if you're passing through, then stop, stop by. by for, we'll be here for a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I'm really caught off guard by the by the snow. Thing too. We were. That was so crazy. It was You're so saying cold. You're saying it and I'm going, wait a minute. Did they just say but snow? But like, if you go thing? to YouTube and like search us, you can find that video. I think I'm in like a sweatshirt and peacoat and Chris just has like a little little zip up hoodie. I did not anticipate the cold. <laughs> His poor little fingers. They're like so blue. Cold. Why was it only 15 or 20 minutes long? Because it was too cold it to play any longer cold. than that. <laughs> but, I, but I love that you do have video of it though because, you know, in this day and age of video being so popular on so many platforms I think if you told a story like that and didn't have video for it I think people would dis- be disappointed because you know when you post about it on Facebook this is where we are this is what we're going to do mm-hmm. I think people nowadays almost expect that well I'm nowhere near the Grand Canyon but I'm sure they'll have video of it afterwards yeah and that's yeah. important for us to get those moments and stuff because we realize you know not everybody is going to be able to be there and we still want to try and share those moments as much as we possibly can with people that are you know across the country and can't make it out you know what uh that fan in kentucky who um she isn't able to uh come to our shows but we always like to do like little live minute videos for like we before before we played in lexington i think it might have been last year we specifically like directly sent her a video just because yeah, we try I mean, to connect you know with people, people as much as we can. Yeah, I I know everyone can't make it out to every show, and so I I guess if I had a big enough heart, I would just you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we're pretty friendly, easygoing people. You know, we get messages all the time on social media, and we we really do try to respond to everybody as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, in as pre- professional of a setting as we can too, because sometimes you get those weird messages, but <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of have to ignore some of those. But um, no, we really do try to connect with everybody, and you I know, mean, that's on a what music's level. about. Yeah, I mean, for me, like music is just about community and creating that. And so, if we're not actively doing that, I just, I don't know. I guess that's like the passion behind it, and like the fuel that keeps it. Yeah. Because we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for people that were fans of our yeah. music. And, you know, we want to try to respond to them and, and stay in touch as much as we can. Absolutely. And uh, that reminds me, for whatever reason, uh, listeners, you've heard on this show before, way, way, way back in the early days, my guest was Ashley E. Norton. And more recently, you know her as one half of the duo called Witherward. They were on episode 166. Uh, Ashley Norton, uh, that interview was done at the January 2017 Winter NAM show, and uh, Witherward themselves have kind of become uh, a Magnolia Wind, a Shane and Emily (parentheses Arbor Season), in that they they actually they've won up to they don't have a physical address anywhere. Mm. They oh, just wow. literally <laughs> live on the road. As we're recording this interview, they're in Europe, and uh, they're very much in touch with their community the way that the two of you are. So when you talked about making a video for someone, and, and, and it's important, whether you're a solo act, a duo, a trio, a full band, to recognize that, Kristen, as you said, there's some people who just can't get to your show for whatever reason. Maybe you just don't go to their town. It's just that simple. It's not that there's anything yeah. wrong with the person physically or transportationally or financially. And 
so Witherward has said we're going to stream as many of our shows live over Facebook, over YouTube, over both, mm-hmm. whatever, just so that people can be in touch. And at the same time, I, I think the two of you would agree that the more that the word gets out, that Magnolia Wind is kind of this gypsy duo that travels all over. Maybe you do open yourself up to more people reaching out and saying, you know what, if you would come to Insert City here, we got a community that will support you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did an interview at NPR um, or NPR affiliate in, was it Albuquerque? No, that was in Texas. That was, was in Texas? In Texas. Yeah, I can't remember this, the city. but Oh, goodness. I mean, my memory. But anyway, <laughs> um, she talked about that, how it was such a small community and how they were so thirsty and appreciative of just music. And that's such a beautiful thing, you know? And how, and how. Uh, listeners, as you know, we are recording on location, which is good because when I'm back at home base, I've got my Boulder Creek guitar sitting very nearby. So here I'm not tempted to get distracted and pick it up and start <laughs> playing. I'm asking you listeners, have you read their website yet and watched some videos to learn about their suspended bracing system to understand why and how they sound so different, meaning so good? <laughs> because, yes, I, I know the look catches your eye for sure. But it's the sound that you and your listeners are going to love. Lots of big names that you know are playing instruments from Boulder Creek. Check out that list, too. It's all at bouldercreekguitars.com. That's B-O-U-L-D-E-R creekguitars.com. A live music video shoot here in Nashville this past weekend. Is that correct? Yeah, we did that Yeah, last weekend. When will that come out? Is it already out? Where can people see it? That will probably be out right about the time that this this episode airs. So it's currently being mixed down, yeah, and it's in production. Yeah, but yeah, we did that. It's going to be in the same style of what we did with the uh, live videos that you can find on YouTube right now. Uh, that were at the Hilson Studio for "Don't Belong" and for "Misery Business." Uh, we actually did it at the same location. Um, so. This one's going to be a little bit different. It's going to showcase more of our new sound with the full uh, foot drum, uh, the bass, and just kind of what we are now kind of moving forward. Um, It's going to showcase those items. But now what about this new release for for 2019? It's being referred to as your debut full-length album, but here we are in, in the summer of 2018. Have you started recording it yet do you know how many songs will be on it is it just sometime in 2019 do you have a target for sort of like ish yeah um yeah so we're starting to record it in november and um we're going to take some time a few months before and really like clean up the songs make sure they're absolutely studio ready um because like you said earlier we play all the instruments so we have to make sure that we're prepared to do that um, as far as song selection goes, I think we're still trying to like... N- most of them are there. Most of them but, are. But t- we've got yeah. a few that we're like, we need to kind of put them on a piece of paper and be like, do we want this one or that one or this one or yeah. that one? And so, but I, I think for the most part, we've we've kind of got the album ready. We've just got to go in the studio and, and put it down. And do you self-produce or will you bring in someone else to be the producer when this album is put together? That's to be determined at, yeah. this, at this time. Um, in in the past, we've done work with other producers, um, and it depends on if we can find the right person that kind of gets what we're going for. 
Otherwise, it'll it'll probably be like a self-produced. We'll go to a studio and lay everything down and then kind of produce mm-hmm. everything ourselves to kind of get it the way that we'd want it to be. Yeah, when you said if we can find the right person, I was ready to jump in and say, <laughs> and if you can't find the right person? Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll produce it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're very DIY, so. Yeah. So needless to say, when I get back from mm-hmm. Nashville, people will say, how was Nashville? And then somebody will say, did you go to the Bluebird Cafe? And uh, Kristen, you actually played there in, I your, did. in your solo career, yes? Yes, I did. And is it is it every is playing there? I'm going to say is it everything it's cracked up to be from the performer side because mm-hmm. and and we've already hashed this over too many times about how you know the Bluebird ex- actually existed before the TV show Nashville came along, people. <laughs> <Right>. Okay, <laughs> but even then it was kind of hallowed hall, you know, to yeah. to be able to to perform there. Did you only play there once? Was it more than once? Was it what you wanted it to be? Um, so I played there uh, through MTSU uh, event, I guess. And um, it, as a performer there, it was the first time that I felt that the entire room was completely still. Mm. It was a little um, overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> because uh, as a writer, you know, or, or as a artist, um you play in like a lot of bars and things like that when you're coming up. So you're used to people kind of, you know, partying and making noise around you. So when everyone's dead silent and really, really listening, it can be intimidating. Um, but thankfully, after two seconds into your song, you start focusing on what you're singing and playing. And you start remembering that this song is here to deliver a message. And thankfully, that audience at the Bluebird Cafe is there to receive it. Um, if you are ever in Nashville, I suggest you go and experience it just once. It is like, um, I know the Ryman is supposed to be the church of, you know, uh, Nashville, but as far as a songwriter goes, I think the Blue- Bluebird Cafe is I the you're church. I say the Ryman is the church and the uh, Bluebird is the chapel. Oh, oh that's so much better. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Dang. But, uh, um, by the way, copyright yeah. 2018. Now I hear this incorporated. Who's <laughs> <Bruce> Wozniak? <laughs> Earlier in the interview, you started to say something about when Ghost came out, and I thought, "Oh my gosh, the Patrick Swayze movie!" That's like, bad. <laughs> but but in fact, you're but referring to good. but yeah. in fact, you're referring to the song "Ghosts" plural, which is the song that we're going to close with today. It's uh, from your EP. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about the song "Ghosts." Yeah, um, so "Ghosts" was a song about my grandfather who passed, and um, I was having some trouble moving on from that event in my life and he was the first person to teach me guitar and he's really where I felt like my musical abilities and ear came from and so Chris just kind of pulled me aside and it was like let's just write it out you know let's let's use music to heal that moment and um that's how ghost exists yeah so it was a co-write then it was Mm -hmm. yeah and everything that we've kind of done since that point, we we write all the songs together. Uh, there's no no third parties that kind of come in or, or help us with anything. Everything that we do is, is just the two of us. Um, yeah, and that was the the single that we we took off of that that EP. Um, and yeah, that was what we mentioned earlier with mm-hmm. the it kind of being in a major. Uh, major key and taking it into a minor and giving it a little bit more emotion um and that's kind of just how we work and uh, that was really that song i think was kind of the beginning of like this is what we're we're going to do and kind of molded things from there and it's kind of spawned and evolved and yeah 
And when you say that you're true co-writers, it's not one of you is the lyricist and the other one, it's, it's no, we both write everything yeah, together. Yeah, it's kind of 50-50. Yeah. yeah. I think the way we work is, or I would say most of our songs are this way, that we take snippets of melodies, rhythms, lyrics, emotions even, and I know I get really excited about something I create. And so I, like, you know, hustle over to Chris. I'm like, I have this really cool idea. I'm like, I've got this really cool idea. So let's put these together yeah. and see what we've got. You put your chocolate on my peanut butter, and I'll put my peanut butter on your chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll I mean, it's exactly how it works. great Reese's cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Folks, this has been a lot of fun. Great to meet you both. Thanks for making time for this and uh, continued best wishes with all things Magnolia Wind. Yeah, thanks Thank for having you. us. Absolutely. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode. And now I hear this entertainment. My sincere thanks to Magnolia Wind. They are Chris and Kristen. Kristen on bass and lead vocals and Chris on guitar and drums. And you're going to want to check them out online at their official website, magnoliawindmusic.com. And certainly they are very much on social media, as you heard them allude to. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube start with magnoliawindmusic.com. And as you heard us talk about, they are on Spotify as well. Keep up with them online, not only so you can go see where and when you can see them perform live, but also as news starts to evolve later this year and into 2019 regarding their new release. If you enjoy this show every week, if you find value in Now Hear This Entertainment, whether it's educational entertainment or somewhere in between, I'd be greatly appreciative if you would consider supporting the show through the Patreon campaign. You can either go directly to patreon.com slash nhte or just go to the website nhte.net and there is a button there that says support us on Patreon. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Magnolia Wind. This is the one they just talked about. It's called Ghosts. There are pieces of you in every pawn shop in town Cause I can't stand the feeling that you're not around When I close my eyes, I see And you're running through my mind like old reruns Punching through the static like smoking guns I hear you say my name like nothing has changed And the only thing we share are stars in the sky I can
Scared to be. 